we spend, what, like um, a fifth or a third of our life sleeping. Uh, and I absolutely love getting a good, solid night's sleep, especially with as hard and as many hours I work a day. Uh, sleep is extremely valuable to me. Just ask my wife. I'm always uh, looking at her like, oh, it's 7.30. I got to go to bed. Who <laughs> goes to bed at 7.30? Well, when you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to host a morning show, uh, you got you got to get that sleep. All right, so uh, right now let's talk about sleep, and in particular with daylight savings coming up, the impacts on people's sleep. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah Reedy with the HSHS Sleep Center joining us now here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Doctor, thanks for taking time with us. Sleep is extremely important, right? Yes, it is. Thanks so much for having me on this morning. So um, tell us what you've got going on when it comes to uh, the issues of uh, sleep and uh, daylight savings time, which, you know, I always enjoy having that extra hour of sleep. But uh, is it uh, actually more uh, detrimental to our sleeping habits than than we think? Well, that's a great question. And I wanted to share with your listeners um, some recent developments with respect to daylight savings. For starters, the concept of daylight savings in the United States goes back over 100 years. Uh, it was it became a federal law back in I think 1966, and most of us just sort of accept twice a year we got to change the clock. But it may not be without some uh, public health and safety risks. And for that reason, in 2020, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine called for an end to daylight savings. So. When we had daylight savings, the thinking was to help farmers get uh, more sunlight, right? To get more daytime. But now Correct. we've got combines with you know floodlights and looks like you know um, a Friday night football game sometimes around here when you've got farmers out in the fields <laughs> uh, doing their harvesting. But uh, is, do we need it anymore, uh, or is it doing more harm than good? So the original intent of daylight savings was to conserve on uh, resources such as fuel and electricity and kind of take advantage of uh, natural sunlight. But um, there are some safety risks associated with it. So, for example, in the spring, when we move the clock ahead, it turns out that most of us will experience some sleep deprivation. And there are medical studies showing that this can be associated with uh, mood disturbances, traffic accidents, um, they're increased in incidents in the springtime. Now, in the fall, where we shift the clock back, um, that also has led to some uh, health problems. It turns out, believe it or not, that there's increased risk of heart attacks and strokes and hospital admissions um, associated with that. And it all has to do with getting our internal clock out of alignment with the environment. It turns out that that uh, is detrimental to our health. Well, and as somebody who gets up every morning uh, way before the sun comes up, uh, I can noticeably see the sun rise, that twilight of the sunrise, uh, and it progressively gets earlier and earlier every day, and it's one of the joys I enjoy waking up and driving on the empty roads while everybody's still sleeping to get to work uh, and seeing that that twilight. Uh, but then when the shift happens for daylight savings, it's like, oh, back to nothing. And it, it does mess with me a bit. Um, so ultimately, you're saying that it, uh, it, it's not good for our internal body clocks when it comes to sleep. That's exactly correct. Uh, I think the, this understanding is kind of now only being appreciated, uh, but it's real. Now, um, when we talk about sleep in general, uh, just I guess if you could 
inform us of why we need to get a regular sleep schedule. And even on the weekends, right? Because I tend to try to sleep in on the weekends till past 6 o'clock sometimes. Maybe I'll force myself to, to lay in bed a bit more thinking I'm going to catch up on sleep. You can't really catch up on sleep, can you? So sleep is a necessity. It serves the function of restoring our bodily uh, metabolism, and, and uh, we all need it. Um, the reality is in our society, people don't make sleep a priority. You're absolutely right. Most of us should be getting probably more sleep than we are. Uh, the average adult probably needs consistently eight hours each night. And you, if you have a sleep debt, it's unlikely you're going to pay it off on a weekend just by sleeping in. You never really catch up. You're chronically sleep deprived. We're talking with Dr. Jeremiah Reedy with the HSHS St. John's Hospital Sleep Center about uh, the importance of sleep uh, and the importance of getting consistent regular sleep and how that could be uh, messed up a bit whenever we start changing our clocks. And, of course, we've got a uh, daylight savings uh, change coming up. Uh, and, and remind me, is this when we lose an hour or is this when we gain an hour? We are going to lose an hour. Now, there are, some pe- there are some things that individuals can do to sort of minimize the adverse effect on this. And I think you were alluding to some earlier. You know, the first is make sleep a priority. You want to have a bedroom environment that's conducive to a good night's sleep, um, quiet, dark, uh, minimal exposure to electronic devices close to bedtime, things like no caffeine, alcohol, uh, close to bedtime and consumed in moderation only. And then for this spring, uh, it's recommended that maybe two to three days before the official change in clock, people could uh, wake up maybe 15 to 20 minutes earlier each day, and that way there's not a sudden abrupt change. Uh, it's a more of a gradual, and their body could acclimate it to, to it a little bit better. So with HSHS St. John's, um, you know, I take it you guys uh, hear a lot of issues when it comes to people's sleep patterns, uh, and uh, you find out some of the things they may be doing uh, that that don't help their sleep patterns. Uh, when it comes to diet, when it comes to things, uh, you know, eating at a certain time, uh, should they avoid, you know, eating large meals after a certain time, or uh, drinking certain things, or uh, what are some other tips that people can uh, can have to to get better sleep? So it actually, people should actually uh, make preparations for a good night's sleep, and that includes doing things like uh, not eating approximately three hours before anticipated bedtime, um, alcohol in moderation and usually not after the dinner hour, uh, caffeine in moderation and usually not after probably mid-afternoon. Um, all of these things can affect the uh, quality of our sleep um, Sleep aids, uh, is that uh, something that uh, helps, or uh, could that uh, have some negative consequences? So sleep aids are very popular. There's both over-the-counter sleep aids, there's prescription sleep aids. But um, most of my colleagues and I believe that one should try to get a good night's sleep without um, medication, and there are certainly many ways to do that. You could, If you're having trouble getting a good night's sleep, um, you can talk to your family physician, and there are alternatives to medicines. There's what we call cognitive behavioral therapy. There's lifestyle changes. There's improvements in one's sleep hygiene that um, can be all very effective. 
Dr. Jeremiah Reedy with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, talking about sleep, the importance of it, and how it could be impacted by daylight savings changes. Um, but when it comes to getting that good night's sleep, um, of course, avoiding uh, foods after certain times or avoiding uh, certain types of drinks, uh, how much does exercise play into all of this? How much does for lack of a better term, uh, wearing yourself out throughout the day. <laughs> how does that? Uh, how does that help you sleep? So exercise is important, and for a variety of health reasons, it probably should be part of one's uh, daily routine. Um, exercise can actually contribute to improved quality sleep. Now, here again, there may be an issue of timing. You don't want to do a, a rigorous workout and think you're going to immediately fall asleep. It should be done uh, probably earlier in the day um, to get the maximum benefit from it, not immediately before bedtime. Yeah, I've, not only is uh, you know the shower afterwards going to wake you right up, but uh, yeah, it's, your heart rate's going to be up and everything as well. Yeah, so. Exactly. Right, um, right. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah Reedy with us here on the WMAY morning news feed talking about your sleep uh, and uh, naps. I used to take naps back in the day uh, when I didn't work out every day. Uh, and I tell you, uh, ever since I started getting into a regular workout routine uh, and trying to target getting that, you know, close to eight full hours of sleep, uh, I don't take naps anymore. But I know a lot of people still do take naps. Uh, is that helpful or harmful? So the whole issue of napping remains very controversial. I think the traditional teaching has always been if one gets the proper amount of sleep at night, you should be well-rested and not require a nap during the daytime. Um, The urge to nap oftentimes can be a, a sign that the quality or quantity of sleep is not restorative. Um, on the other hand, there, we realize that many individuals, uh, for a variety of reasons, cannot get eight hours of sleep at night. We have some elderly patients because of medical problems, arthritis, et cetera. They can't lay in bed for eight hours, and they may only be able to lay in bed for six hours. And sometimes incorporating a nap to make up for the sleep loss may be beneficial in that particular circumstance. So I always tell people, if you're wondering, is your napping normal or abnormal there again a discussion with your physician well and that discussion uh can be you know the initial discussion with your um primary care physician which uh encouraging everybody to uh, check in with their primary care physician regularly uh at least once a year uh especially as you get older uh but you know you could go to a specialist like uh yourself dr uh jeremiah reedy with the hshs st john's hospital sleep center uh what are the kinds of things you guys do there to uh ensure people get uh, the, the proper care to get the best night's sleep possible? So we see individuals with all sorts of sleep-related problems. Um, we ver- pro- provide a variety of services. We do overnight sleep studies to assess for common problems such as obstructive sleep apnea. Um, we do daytime sleep studies to assess for other conditions such as narcolepsy. Uh, we treat a wide variety of sleep problems. What about sleep problems caused by daylight savings time? So that <laughs> it's kind of kind of a tongue in, kind of tongue in cheek because people don't necessarily think about it, but but yeah, I would imagine uh, you may hear some people around the time that there is daylight savings time with problems. Um, yeah, you know, for many people, daylight savings uh, may be uneventful. For people who may be prone to uh, problems related to sleep loss, sleep deprivation, 
they do sometimes come to our attention. Uh, daylight savings can exacerbate those kind of problems. So we uh, see those patients in the clinic. We work with them on uh, those concerns, too. Dr. Jeremiah Reedy, how can people get a hold of the sleep center if they uh, themselves are having problems sleeping and want some, uh, want some help? So I think the best resource to start with is your personal physician. Um, you, if you have uh, specific questions regarding the HSHS St. John Sleep Lab, that's 217-757-6999. Uh, so a couple of options there. So definitely uh, something people need to uh, really uh, take account of, uh, their sleeping habits. Uh, and I would imagine there's all kinds of tools out there as well that can help kind of track their sleeping habits. I know I have a watch that tells me how many hours I get to sleep. Oh, yeah. These um, devices are very popular, and uh, they're, they provide some insight into our sleep um, you know, at this point, most of those devices are not considered validated medical tools. Um, but I think if you are using one and see something that concerns you, that's, that's a, a good topic of conversation to talk to your doctor about because it could lead to a more formal sleep evaluation and potentially a diagnosis that can be treatable. Dr. Jeremiah Reedy, thank you again for taking time with us and talking about sleep. Uh, and it's definitely something to, uh, to to ponder and to consider and to take uh, take note of for each individual out there to get the best night's sleep possible. Uh, appreciate it and uh, have a great day, all right? Hey, my pleasure. Thanks so much.